The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. We got another busy one today, everybody. That's going to keep happening, and I don't even know why I keep saying it. But I do. Hello. Hello. What's happening? It's Thursday. It's Fantasy NBA Today. I am Dan Bespris at Dan Bespris on Twitter, D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. This is a hoop ball, hoop-ball.com, hoop ball fantasy and Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company presentation. Again, check all of that stuff out. Hoop-ball.com. Go get yourself the early access to the Brewski 150. Go get yourself a draft guide. Do it with the coupon I'm going to be dropping a little bit later on in today's podcast. Also, check out HawaiianIsles.com for the Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Full list of products. You can go to Amazon, search for Hawaiian Isles as well, and get your stuff there sent to your doorstep. Prime They are H.I. Kona Coffee on Twitter. Coming up on today's podcast, we're going to be talking to my buddy Alex Ricklein, who is a fellow old curmudgeon, and uh, we end up with very similar teams when we draft. We just can't can't play in the same league. There's a few of these guys where we just can't play in the same league, or it's going to be a total mess. I'm going to be talking to Coach a little later on in the show, get our quick DFS hit for the week. A little quick shot straight uh, into the, what is this? A vein here, my left arm, a little coach shot into my in my left arm. Um, he has some news, I think, on his DFS show. We'll see what the hell that's all about. And, uh, yeah, breaking news, if there is any, which not much over the last day. Uh, a little bit of Kristaps Porzingis news that broke on uh, Wednesday in the late morning, early afternoon that we're getting around to for this Thursday episode. Also wanted to take a moment here at the beginning of the podcast, as I did yesterday, to let you guys know, a reminder that we are in recruitment season here at Hoopball. This is a really big and important moment. If you have no interest at all, at all, ever, in working in fantasy sports, you can just fast forward two minutes right now. If you have any interest at all in working in fantasy sports or covering a team, DFS, podcasting, whatever it might be, for hoopball, listen very carefully. We are looking for multiple good people to add on to our giant snowball of awesome people here at hoopball. We need blurbers, people to write the blurb feed, to learn the ropes on fantasy. You need to be able to write a little bit for that, but that's really the trainee spot here. That's where you can learn how to be a fantasy analyst. We need established writers. And believe it or not, we're actually recruiting for a paid position at Hoopball. At Dan Bespris, hit me up. It's the uh, first time I think I've been able to do that on a podcast. So uh, bug me on that one. We're looking for a morning and afternoon editor here at Hoopball. Paid spot, hit me. We're looking for podcasters on the fantasy side and the team coverage side. We're looking for folks who want to cover a team on a beat, whether, again, that's written or pod side. We're looking for people who can handle social media. We have a guy, but, you know, we're always looking for more ideas on that front. We're looking for social. We're looking for graphic design. We're looking for coding. We're looking for everything out there. You don't have to be an expert. Come to us. We will grow together here at Hoopball as recruiting season rumbles along. Please do bug me. Again, Dan Bespris on Twitter. That's the place to find me. That's the place to hit me up. 
uh, and we'll see if there's a spot for you here at the Hoob. Uh, I want to dive now straight into the fantasy stuff. I don't want to wait uh, any longer. I know we do these these openings that you guys hate so much, uh, but that's the end of this one. So congratulations, you made it. We got my guy Alex on today's show, and I say that because I really like your first round pick, and I haven't even looked at the rest of them yet. I mean, I looked at the rest of them. I, I actually like a lot of them. There are so many teams, and it's almost like an even split where I look at them, I'm like, that's a team that I would have drafted. And then I look at another team, I'm like, no, that's not a team I would have drafted. And yours happens to be a team uh, where all but like one guy in your first nine picks are ones that I'm like, yeah, 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 yep, that makes sense. Um, so with that in mind, I'm going to try my best to play devil's advocate. But either way, welcome to the show. Alex Rickling, he's back, baby. How you been? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited for the season. Yeah, man, it just cannot get here soon enough. Is this... I know the offseason is technically like one week longer, but doesn't it feel more like a month longer? Maybe I'm just maybe I'm just excited by all the player movement this year. I, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I feel like it keeps coming earlier, actually. But I, I think I do a little bit more football stuff than you do. And you do. It has moved <laughs> earlier up in the football season. Um, but I, but I'm glad I appreciate it moving up earlier. Basketball is better. Let me, um, let me ask you sort of a reductive question. Do you do anything for football? Yeah. I, yeah. I so do, then you uh... do more Then you do, <laughs> then you do more than I do. <laughs> that was what I was going for there. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do multiple sports. I need, my brain needs a respite for a couple of months because the basketball season's like nine months long now. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's part of why I have no interest in baseball. That's that's yeah, that's too much. 162 games, everybody, every day, too much. Uh, you can follow Alex on Twitter at R-I-K-L-E-E-N. That last letter is N is in Nancy. Rickling, just the last name. Do so. He is the senior basketball writer at Roto Wire. You can see his stuff. It pops up all over the place. Yahoo, CBS, uh, DK, etc. Uh, and a former math teacher, which of course, you know, as a as a fellow fan of numbers and nerd uh in general that always is close to my heart but let's talk about your team that's what people are here to to hear about uh i like that now and and i was mentioning this i i I did a hit with uh matt straub earlier today and i have no idea exactly what order all of these are going to air in so um certainly you'll be tagged in all of it and and i'll let you know and and everybody else listening i don't know what order these things are coming out in it could be anything but as i was recording them basically just through no real reason other than scheduling quirks i ended up talking to almost everybody who had a top five pick right out of the shoot and we started and i was like do i need to even ask you about your first round pick and they all said no and now we're getting into people like you uh straup um who do i have coming up next on my list it doesn't matter but folks that are outside that top six really where things start to get a little more interesting you had the ninth pick which is I'll be honest, one of my least favorite this year because you're not close enough to the turn where you can not worry about who might not come back to you. You're like you're just far enough from the top where the the best of the best of the best are gone. Uh you have all of the things to worry about and you're not right in the middle. So guy, you do have a sort of a long span between picks. This is a tough spot, but I feel like I feel like you ended up in a pretty good position and number 1, you got Jimmy Butler, who's a guy I've actually been talking about as an as an underrated asset. Are you at all worried about the the Thibodeau miles on his legs? That's my one question on Jimmy. Um, I mean, realistically, picks seven through 
24 are kind of a minefield. Yeah. And there is a ton of missed games risk from almost every single one of them. So, sure, I'm a little concerned about his legs, but I have more confidence in him than, you know, Kyrie Irving, who went eight, or LeBron James, who went 12. Um, I, I think that had Damian Lillard fallen to me, I would have taken him mm-hmm. for certain. Um, and for me, the, the question was uh, Bradley Beal, who I feel a little bit com- more confident in his health and, you, you know, situation um, independent. I actually like Beal better than Butler this year, but I was sort of trying something strategically. You know, I've been in some mocks with some of these guys already, and I've noticed Kawhi Leonard falling to the second round, um, you know, falling into that 13, 14, 15, 16, 17 range. And so I was trying to get greedy, and I really like the Butler-Kawhi pairing. Hmm. It's very high risk, but very high reward. And so the re- I, I went with Butler in part because of that hope that I would be able to come away with that pairing. And, you know, didn't end up working out. Kawhi got taken before he got back to me, but, you know, part of drafts is taking risks. By Matt Smith, who actually ended up with Bradley Beal in the first round. So that was... Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, lo- I, I loved his first two picks. Um, <clears throat> so, I, you know, if I think that if we could be guaranteed even just 68 games from Kawhi Leonard, I would take him eighth um, or seventh. Yeah, probably eighth. Um, but we're, we're not guaranteed anything from anyone. Um, but wow. I, I do really, really like Jimmy Butler on Miami. And with everything a minefield, I do think he has the upside to finish in that four to seven range. I think it's unlikely he finishes top two or three. But I really, I really see four to seven as viable. Yeah, I mean, this is sort of the first time in like three years that he's been 100% in control of a team. There's just... There's no one else on Miami that's going to challenge him for authority besides the coaching staff, I guess. It's, it's like Spolstra and Jimmy Butler can fight all year, and then who, who the hell else is even on that team that has the, the clout to try to take some shots? I mean, are we talking about Dion no Waiters? No, no. No. No, no Nobody. One. I mean, Justice Winslow could you know be sort of relevant in terms of if he takes some assists away, you know, with sort of a weird dynamic um, point guard power forwardy role. But Jimmy Butler doesn't care about Justice Winslow. <laughs> I'm not sure Jimmy Butler even knows Justice Winslow's name. No. And and I, I'm he, it might be that at the end of the year, too. <laughs> <laughs> He's committed to not learning it. I, I, I mean, when when Jimmy Butler was, you know, alone in Chicago, he he was a top 10 pick or was, you yeah. know when his usage rate was 24 25 26 he finished 8 9 10 11 um mm-hmm. you know his usage rate usage rate fell off a cliff last year because he was on a good team i'm sure he does respect Joel Embiid if no one else um and now that he's going to have his own team his usage rate's going to be as high as he wants uh you know and and a thing that we kind of, I don't know that he gets enough credit for is he's one of the best free throw impact players in the game. Mm-hmm. It's a, 
that's a huge, huge asset that he provides. Massive, massive. I, I, I like that we're getting into the nitty gritty on this tough part because a lot of folks are, uh, and rightfully so, getting ready to sort of abandon ship if they get stuck in this range. But there are ways to play it. Um, you mentioned Bradley Beal. I know he wasn't your pick, but before we even get to your second rounder, who, by the way, I really love this one as well, um, the the end of season stuff, not a concern for you for Beal. I mean, it, he looks like a guy that that feels like a safer play in this range, but, you know, you mentioned it. There's sort of minefields with everybody. In Roto, he seems like uh, a really safe play. I think the most, the the common fear with him is, what if he misses my head-to-head playoffs? And and I guess that's reasonable, but boy, if he gets the mid-70s to high-70s games before that in a roto league, you got everything you could want out of him, right? Oh, absolutely. Um, and, you know, and this was a roto mock. Um, I, the When he plays the games doesn't really matter. And as, as we keep saying, and as will be said a million times by a million different experts over the next couple of months, this whole range is a minefield. Every single one of them is going to miss games. It's just a question of when and how many. And anyone who tells you that they know the answer to that is lying. <laughs> yeah, basically. A little bit of a guessing game. All right, number two on your list. Uh, I picked 16. This is a guy that, oddly enough, just had his numbers adjusted down by Yahoo. And that's Andre Drummond. Who, foolish. Yeah, completely and utterly foolish. And and you you may have heard some of my rants, um, so I'm going to save you the uh, the trouble of hearing another one. But suffice it to say, the short version is, this is a guy that for the second half of last year was a top five player in the entire NBA. I mean, uh, why is he going at 20 in a lot of drafts? I, I, I don't get it. And to... I don't know if people fully appreciate, you know we really get into the numbers and we really play with this and and me especially coming from a math background like the difficulty that being one of the worst free throw shooters in the league to end up with a top 20 ranking despite that anchor pulling your metrics down it is so monumental and he's not only finished you know, 18 last year overall, 22 the year before overall. But as you said, top four the last two months, despite being one of the worst free throw impact players in the league. It's absolutely, absolutely incredible, his numbers and his production. Defensively, the only person who is more useful is Giannis. Um, You know, maybe if Jaron Jackson has you know, a a most improved caliber season, he might rise to that level. Maybe if Anthony Davis stays healthy, but Anthony Davis is the number one pick. This is the middle of the second (laughs) round and I'm getting the, the, the second or third best defensive impact player on the board who will probably lead the league in rebounds. Doesn't hurt me in points. I, I mean, he just does so much in so many places that, it was absolutely worth taking it. Yeah, and um, to your own team's credit, you actually started with a guy who helps not all the way. There's basically no one in the league besides maybe James Harden that could do it himself, but cancel out Andre Drummond's free throw issues. Jimmy Butler knocks out about half of that. You know, if you get another guy mm-hmm. who's able to do similar free throw stuff to Butler in a middle round, you've basically eliminated the one issue with Andre Drummond 
you can hit reset on that with your team and you got all these unbelievable stats. I just, I mean, like you said, it, it's so crazy for him to be able to be that high despite the free throw. That's how good he is in other categories. That's how positive his impact is in defensive stats and rebounding, which is just a crazy number. He was almost 16 a game last year. Yeah. And he scored more last year with yeah. 17 a game. That was kind of an unexpected miniature bonus. Yeah, I, I mean, and and I, I can't emphasize this enough. Um, in head-to-head leagues, Andre Drummond should be a first-round pick. And realistically, he is a, an option at pick number seven once Jokic is off the board. He is that good, and in a head-to-head league where you can just sort of say, all right, I took Drummond and I'm done with free throws, there is no downside. He's a pick for the turn in Roto Leagues. He falls so much farther than he should. Yeah, every single time. Uh, Third round, coming back the other way. This is where you had one of the the longer breaks between picks we were talking about. Uh, Kristaps Porzingis towards the end of the round. Um, he's a guy that I've talked about as, as being, you know, a little bit of a risky play, but you know, to get him at the end of the third round, which is basically what you've done here, that removes some of the risk. And then you're looking at a guy that we've seen put up second round value, uh, and you don't even really need him to play every game throughout the year. He becomes a much safer selection once you get to the end of this third round. Um, you already had Drummond. This basically locks up blocks for you, doesn't it? That was the goal, was to really give me a really, really solid basis in blocks and to have another, and to, to because we're in Roto, I wanted to have a couple of big men, and this is something that, that, that will come up late with one of my later, with two of my later picks. I wanted some big men who wouldn't hurt me and might even help me a little bit in free throws. He works there, you know, I'm taking a risk on on knees, so I'm hoping for good knee luck across the board with Perzingis <laughs> and Butler. Um, you know, I'm hoping the NBA gets struck by a little knee health fairy this year. Uh, but this, I mean, yeah, it's I, every day, every the, year they stretch the games out a little bit farther. So hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. But um, you know, he took the, that extra time to make sure he's at maximum health coming back. I mean, he was ready to play at the end of last year. There were a couple of reports, uh, even when he was still on the Knicks before the trade, that he was ready to play, and the only question was when he would rejoin the team. So theoretically, he's in as good shape. His knees are in as good shape as they'll ever be. Um, and yeah, the blocks are great. The rebounds are pretty good. Getting threes from a big is pretty good. Um, and I, I felt like he did a good job of kind of balancing out Andre Drummond's few negatives. Um. I don't know that there's a whole lot to be said about pick number four because this guy is ranked between 40 and 44 every year since I think I was born. <laughs> uh, that might be true. Then DeMar DeRozan at 40. Um, I mean, do we? is there anything to add here or should we just jump right over him because he's just going to be the 40-something ranked guy on a per-game yeah. basis? We basically know that already, don't we? Yeah. Yeah, okay. It's It's safe. He doesn't hurt you anywhere. Yeah. Ultra-safe pick. I have no problem with ultra-safe. Everybody knows that's how I draft anyway. Uh, Jamal Murray, this is an interesting one. Uh, last year uh, was a down season. His field goal percent took a little bit of a hit. I, I honestly, this is a guy where I feel like every year I'm off by one. Because two years ago, I thought, nah, he's not quite ready yet. And then he had this massive opportunity with the whole team dead. 
and and he took advantage of it and he and he did it with better percentages and then last year i thought all right well you know what? maybe i maybe i was wrong about this guy maybe he can shoot uh and then his field goal percent dipped back again to 43 and a half and he was number 79 on a per game basis who is the real jamal murray i don't know what to make of this guy yeah and and i mean realistically i don't either and the the denver nuggets rotation is a cause for concern um that's those are all very, very true things. I get. I mean, but, I think he'll get his minutes. He's. I'm less concerned about the backups taking his time than I am just what what kind of a shooter is he? Is he a 45 90 guy or is he a 43 85 guy? I just don't know. I. Yeah. I mean, I and I mean a big a big factor here is this is pick 57. This isn't pick. 47 or 37 which is right. where you needed to go to get him last year this was a range where um i'm comfortable and a range where i kind of feel like the the pool has very much softened um I, I i'm not in love with a lot of the options in this range and so i wanted someone with upside someone who would continue to help me rebuild my free throw percentage um and and one thing that i was very confident in is I'm going to get two threes, four rebounds and four assists from this guy. Yes. Yeah. I, I don't know about the other stuff, but those I can. <laughs> yeah. You were in a weird spot here too, where just looking back at how the draft was going, there was a run of guys that I would have called safer or, or easier to predict guys that just sort of finished right in front of your Jamal Murray pick. Uh, like uh, Valanchunas's and Bledsoe's and Porter's and Horford. And then right at this one, whatever we said this was, 57? Is that what the number was? 57, yeah. Uh, it was like things, it was like it officially moved into the next portion of the draft. It was kind of weird, actually, the way that that ended up working out, now looking back in retrospect a little bit. Uh, on the way and, back, and though, oh, a, sorry, go ahead. The last very relevant point is I didn't have a point guard, and at some point, point guards dry up. They do, and you went back to back on point guards, and I really like right. this next one, too. Malcolm Brogdon, who, I mean, we already know he can play off the ball, so if there's any worry about Oladipo coming back, there shouldn't be, um, and he's going to be largely on the ball before Victor does return, whatever the hell that might be. The, I mean, this is a guy, this is a 50-40-90 guy. We're talking about bringing your free throw percent back, this is a pretty good place to start. I, I'm so high on Malcolm Brogdon this year. Um, I think that he's in a really good spot. Um, he's gonna, his numbers might be, might decline a little bit when Oladipo comes back, but I think that, um, their games will be kind of complimentary. I don't see them I don't see Oladipo hurting him the same way Oladipo could hurt, you know, TJ Warren or someone. Right, or Jeremy um, Lamb or something like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I just, I feel like, I feel like I'm getting a fantastic value here. And it's also, I'd be remiss if I didn't at least point out, this is, I think, the only mock, I've done a lot of mock drafts already. And I think this is the only one where I haven't got Brooke Lopez who went literally the pick before me. Um, <laughs> Jonas! <laughs> yeah. So that was a, a little disappointing. But, I mean, it's it's mock drafts, and I, I knew when I passed on Lopez in, in the fifth round that 
this is a betting game and part, but part one of the things that you should do in in mox and I says I tweeted this as soon as uh, I, as soon as I saw that someone else had taken Lopez and I didn't get him was you know I'm higher than the market on Brooke Lopez I was picking him in the third and fourth round in a lot of these drafts and then I said I keep getting him why don't I let him go and see what hap- what the rest of the draft does with him and I did that in a couple of drafts and he kept falling to the sixth round and one one draft I even got him in the seventh wow and so you know well, as much as much as I would have loved to have gotten him, this has been a really good learning experience for me that I need to stop taking him in the third round, even though I have I, I think I have him twenty sixth on my board, twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Sorry, I have him twenty eighth on my big board, um, which is a lot higher than most people have him. But it was a good learning experience for me to see. Okay, fifth round, I do need to get him if I really need him. Oh, a hundred percent agree on that point. I even did a show about a month ago where I talked about how I use mock drafts, and generally, I use them by looking at other people's mock drafts. I, I don't care about like where am I able to get a guy. I want to know where he's going if I don't take him. Now, you can't you can't really do that in a an industry pro mock because you'll look like a buffoon when everybody's team is better <laughs> and everybody's better than you. Uh, but in general mock drafts, or I, I, I love it when I have other people at hoop ball that just send me their results and I can talk about it on the pod or I can just look over this stuff, knowing where these guys are going in relation to their ADP, their pre ranks. And it matters where you're doing the draft too, right? Cause whatever fan tracks has him ranked, people are going to scroll down their board, you know, one mouse wheel click at a time, uh, or phone click or whatever it happens to be. And that's it's going to influence when these guys are going. So like you said, it's a little bit of a betting game. Um, and you're learning, as we all do, uh, in every single mock draft, exactly how much value can I get out of my guy? How far can I let him go before I'm gonna I'm starting to play with fire a little bit? Uh, and Jonas Nader <laughs> got you in this one. But yeah. in general, like... An industry mock draft is probably going to be the spot where guys go earlier than you'd expect anyway, because there is some measure of consensus, maybe not as much this year with the amount of player movement. But yeah, I, I love the look away mock draft. That's my favorite. Just one last thing on on Brogdon, you know, the guy who I actually did take, um, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> who, who I, you know, I, 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 I wanted I wanted that guard depth. I loved his shooting percentages and how they helped to balance, you know. Jimmy Butler's a bad field goal shooter, shooter, and I needed to bring back that up. Jimmy Jamal Murray, we already talked about. Um, there have been a couple of people who eventually became all star and even all pro level guards, um, not point guards, not power forwards. You know, small shooting guard, small forward. Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, who their career slope kind of looked a lot like Malcolm Brogdon's has been so far. Now, that's not to say that Malcolm Brogdon will become a top 15 player in this league, but Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard, both of them started, you know, their first year they were barely in the fantasy um, relevance. Their second year they finished, uh, you know, a bit higher in the 90-100 range. Their third year they elevated a bit from there. This is a pattern we've seen, and so I, I, you know, I am not saying I see Malcolm Brogdon as the next top twenty guy. I cannot predict that. I like his talent, but who knows? But this is a trajectory that has happened before. 
And it's also worth pointing out, there's sort of two things to finish this discussion on the same guy. Very few guys in the NBA where when you look at them, you're like, yes, I want this guy unequivocally doing more. So any opportunity he has to do a tiny bit more in anything is going to be a massive boon because he's good at both percentages, low turnovers, assists, rebounds, points, all that stuff would just come up and there really isn't a whole lot of bad that would creep in. And then the other note is there just aren't that many guys that are positive impact percentage guys in both after you get outside the top 25. Most yep. of those guys are up high. Mm-hmm. And there aren't a lot of people who have the chance to provide 18 to 20 points per game outside the top 30 or 40. And that's very much within range. At least until Oladipo comes back, I would be surprised if Brogdon wasn't scoring 18. Well, now I have to ask you, Alex, who was your next pick? <laughs> <laughs> so my next pick harkens back, you know, we can get caught up in our own sort of cute tricks that worked once. And I won a lot of leagues the year that Russell Westbrook just came back early from injury. Oh, right. Um, Yeah, he was going to miss like four weeks and then he was back after one or something like that, right? I I think he literally missed one or two games and people were saying, (laughs) you know, best case he's on the court at Christmas, maybe a little bit later. And the reality was we didn't know and we didn't really know the severity, but there wasn't anything over the top concerning about the injury. Um, And I won a lot of leagues because I just was willing to take Westbrook in that 50 to 60 range when other people weren't, and I got a top 10 guy. Um, I think that this injury is a little bit potentially at least more serious than what Westbrook had. It's a slight, it, it's a totally different kind of injury in, in, te- in general. I think this one's a little bit more muscular, whereas Russell's was a little bit more ligament and bony. They're not the same situation, but we really don't know, and there is a legitimate chance that Oladipo's back before Thanksgiving, and I get, you know, 60 games of a top 20 player in what are what round are we in? The seventh round? Uh, yes, pick 81. Yeah, pick 81 in the seventh round. I, I'll, I'll take that risk. And, you know, know the quality of your competition. This is, this is an uh, analyst mock draft. We're all people who spend a lot of time doing this. I'm not going to win this league without taking a couple of risks that work out for the better. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, it, I mean, that's why my team wouldn't almost would definitely not win this league because <laughs> I took, yeah, almost, you, almost you might none. finish respectably, but if you don't, it, it depends on what your goal is. And you, you know, we're all in leagues where our goal is not to be embarrassed. You know, uh, <laughs> you yep. and I do this, this is our job, and when we're in leagues with our friends, sometimes the goal is just not to be embarrassed. We want to make <laughs> the playoffs right. <laughs> every year, and we don't want our friends to be able to say, aren't you supposed to be good at this? I mean, and that's, that's like, the goal. You're describing high school very ab- <laughs> <laughs> accurately right there. Just, like, float through. Try not to be embarrassed for four years. Right. Uh, yeah, if, I mean, you're, you're totally is, right. If you're trying to win, sometimes you got to... Especially in a harder league, you got to take those risks. Now, I am petrified of taking injured guys to start the year because of the the possibility of the opposite, where you do have a little bit of a buffer here, is that the settings on this league uh, were 82-game limit at each spot. Mm-hmm. So there's a games cap right. set, and it wasn't a high one. It was just a standard season game cap. So the bench is less important. 
Um, and if he misses an extra 15 to 20 games or whatever it is, you know, you only really need 12 guys to fill up that number. So um, you're in pretty good shape because the waiver wire usually has dudes. Yep. And, and it covers you a little bit. If the games cap was like 90, I think it'd be tougher because then you're you're eating up a guy that, that may or may not play for a while. And in a head-to-head league, the argument is kind of the opposite where you just have to stay afloat because then you get a guy that could give you a push into the playoffs and through them. That, in my mind, are those are sort of like the two situations where you could you could do it and it could work but a high games cap roto league is one where i think i'd probably shy away can we pause this for a sec i, I have something important to say and you, you like when i go on a little bit of a rant wait do you actually <laughs> want me to pause the recording or just the, the discussion we're having this discussion oh I have to, yeah I have okay to make a comment on what you just said <laughs> okay i was about ready to pause the actual recording no, no. no. recording no, no, shall no. continue um guys listeners People, fantasy landscape, universe at large. If you're only in a fantasy league because it's kind of one of the final threads keeping you in contact with your friends who you otherwise only see at weddings or maybe every two or three years, (laughs) great. Do what works for you. No shame. Enjoy your leagues. If you are in a league that is relatively competitive, and you don't have a games max, what on earth are you doing with your life? Yeah, oh God. Make better decisions. <laughs> would, you, would you play a game of baseball where one team got 10 innings at bat and the, and the other got nine? Would, would, you, would you play a game of basketball where one team got to use the three-point line for the NBA and one team got to use the three-point line for college? What? Would you play fantasy football where one team got an extra starting slot? You wouldn't do these things. Oh, man. Play with the games, Max. It's a, it's a better game. It's the only logical, sensible way to play a competitive league. If, you, if you're not in this for the competitiveness, if you guys are just NBA fans and you're casual and you want to keep things easy, by all means, do what works. This is supposed to be fun. But... If you're if you are in a competitive league and you don't have a games max, fix your life. Yeah, make better decisions. I don't know, man. Was that I might need the listeners' approval? Was that better or worse than the Dennis Smith Jr. rant of 2018? That was a good one. That's a man. You set a high so bar much. last year. I t- I, d- I DM'd you this last week. Yeah, to, you know, to tell the listeners, I was in a theoretically an analyst mock draft. Although someone's about to get better get fired from an analyst job i'm gonna write their <laughs> boss a sternly worded letter someone drafted dsj uh, oh boy very disappointed with yeah. their decisions that's a i get a visceral reaction from that one all right number number 80 <laughs> number 88 uh ennis Cantor. you were talking about uh big men with good percentages this is one of them yep yeah that exactly um i i love his rebounding i've done a good job so far of picking players who are good in points. Um, He's the first player that I've picked who really hurts me defensively. Um, You know, defense isn't exactly Jamal Murray's strength, but he'll probably get me roughly one steal a game. Um, Ines Cantor is pretty much a zero defensively, but I've got enough strength there, especially if Oladipo comes back early, where I can take a zero in the eighth round and still have one of the best defensive teams. 
and love the percentages and I'll, I'll get yeah. a double double every night and there's no one on the roster to take his minutes. Nope. And you actually followed that up with another uh, power forward center who does more on the defensive side and less on the offensive. And that's Larry Nance Jr. who quietly had a fantastic per game mark last season. People keep trying to tell me that like whatever Cleveland's doing this year is going to hurt Larry Nance's playing time and whatever. I, I just, I'm not, I don't know. I mean, he was number 54 in nine cat when he was on the floor last year. I'm not super worried about Ante Zizic and Tristan Thompson. I, I like this pick a lot. And he, and he gets I, you a bunch of steals and blocks and rebounds and, you know, and field goal percent. There, there's a lot to like about Larry Nance. Yeah. I, I don't understand the fantasy community's reluctance to accept Larry Nance for what he is. Um, you know, it's still early. Not all of the people who submit their rankings to fantasy pros, expert consensus ratings have done so. Um, but I was checking just before the pod to see what was going on. And I'm apparently 11 spots above consensus on Larry Nance. And I have him at 66, which is worse than he finished last year. Yeah. I have him arbitrarily downgraded for no good reason <laughs> and and you got and him at 105 here 11 points ahead of uh, 11 spots ahead of everyone else and in an actual draft i got him at pick 105 he this draft the people in this draft are too good they made a mistake I, I will say he was a guy that I was eyeing there three picks before you but then i looked at my team realized i had Jokic. Aldridge, Love, and Steven Adams already and thought, do I really need a fifth center on my team? And I ended right. up passing on him there. So it, he was, and, it was close to being out of your grasp, but not quite. Yeah. I, and I mean, I, didn't des- I don't deserve him at that point. Uh, <laughs> he, sh- he should have been gone, but uh, I was happy to take him. He's a yeah. great pick. Eh, deserve, take, whatever. Um, a rookie. You got a couple of rookies here. I'm going to lump them together, and then we'll talk about the non-rookie in between them. Uh, Rui Hachimura. And Kobe White were your 10th and 12th round picks. I have readily admitted multiple times that I know nothing about rookies coming into the NBA because I pretty much don't look at them unless they're a rookie big man. Those guys can sort of escape a lot of the issues that that other ones have. But also, you know, Washington is terrible and someone's going to have to play. So uh, sell me on some rookies here, Alex. Uh, The floor is yours. So I am team never rookie. Um, <laughs> I know you and I which, generally see eye to eye on that which, one, which, uh, to me, I define as under no circumstances. Will I use a top 100 pick to draft a rookie ever? Um, this year I might maybe violate that if Zion Williamson falls into the mid late third round, but realistically that's probably not going to happen that often. Yeah. Um, I, I just, I've done a lot of research on this you can go check out my articles um pretty much we just get too excited and we overdraft them and nine times out of ten even the rookies who have good seasons and end up being worth being on a roster aren't worth what you paid for them at adp unless you're talking about the rookies who went after pick 100 once you're dealing with these picks where realistically you're probably going to be dropping these guys anyways. Mm -hmm. And so that's sort of what I'm doing here, both with Kobe White and with Ruby Hachimura. Um, With Hachimura, I love the fact that there are no good players on the Wizards, and he (laughs) is, you know, he really rivals Bradley Beal in terms of marketability on that team. 
Um, if it, I don't know how many people, people are still getting into the season. I don't know how many people know this. You know, he's Japanese, and he is not not to like be the meme. He's huge in the in Japan. Um, he yeah. has um, <laughs> he he has no, but it's you true. Know, at, at, it's true. What some, you're saying is correct. Yeah, at, at summer league, there was a bigger group around him than any rookie that I saw other than Zion Williamson in terms of just like the media scrum after a game. Um, and most of the people in that scrum weren't speaking English, but he is a huge, huge source of marketability for the wizards team. And this is a team that doesn't have a lot to sell this year. So they are going to give him every opportunity. And I think he's a decent player capable of putting up good stats. I'm happy to, pick him up with a pick that I'm probably going to end up dropping anyways and try to just jump ahead of the waiver wire on that one. Uh, what about the Kobe White one? Um, it's sort of the same idea of I'm not 100% sure which rookies are going to have good seasons, but there is a decent chance that he takes the starter job fairly quickly. You know, the Bulls start Oh, and four, and he plays pretty good, pretty well. He, you know, the, I, I, he could be above 25 minutes very fast. And if that happens, I think that he could put up some good um, raw totals. I think he's actually going to be an efficiency problem, but it was my last pick of the draft. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to beat the waiver wire. I'm not picking. <laughs> it's pick 136. I'm not picking the 136th person on the big board. No, um, it doesn't. doesn't th- work that way. You know, I think Thaddeus Young was still, I doubt uh, he went, he got drafted. Did you, did you take him? I don't think I did. When things got out of hand late in the draft room, I, I just started getting everything done. But yes, I almost yeah. drafted him as just sort of like the honorary last round pick. <laughs> yeah. But then as you saw, the last round didn't happen. So I just put DeMarcus Cousins on all 12 teams. Which I think was a, a stroke of genius on your <laughs> Thank part. You. Thank you very but, much. But yeah, I mean, you know, Thad Young, friend of the show. Uh, <laughs> I have him at 131st <laughs> overall. I have him ahead of Kobe White. But I expect to drop that spot. So let let me try to beat the rush if there is one. Yeah, it's a what the hell pick. Um, the yeah. one in between those two guys, uh, Jetty Osman. Is this the year we see some consistency out of him? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Heck if I know. Um, I, but I don't know who's going to take his minutes away. That's for sure. Um, the Cavaliers are bad and small forward is probably their worst position. Um, so according to Rotowire, his backup is a guy named Dylan Windler. Yeah, I, I think that's made I'm up. I'm not sure I've ever <laughs> heard of. He th- went to Belmont, which, you know, I, I think, is this a real person? I think that dude did my taxes last year. <laughs> <laughs> he was drafted and he was drafted in the first round. I didn't even, I don't even remember yeah. this you human can't, existing. You can't put this team, no rookie on a podcast together <laughs> This is ending poorly for us. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, you know, with Osman, the thing that bugged me last year was that his field goal percent went straight down into the toilet as he started to have to do more. You hope that that could rebound a little bit. And if it does, points could come with it. Mm -hmm. In any event. Um, And that's your squad. Not bad, my good man. Not bad indeed. I think my favorite, if I had to pick one favorite, is probably Andre Drummond. And it's weird to pick a second-round guy. But, I mean... He's just, he's so good and nobody trusts him at all. Yeah. 
And I mean, but the, and realistically, the rest of the draft was dictated by taking him there. Um, if I hadn't taken him there, I'll, everything else would have gone differently. Um, you know, I was trying to build around the things that he provided and the things that he didn't. And this is a different team than I've gotten in a lot of my mocks. Hmm. Um, because, but a lot of that was adapting to, all right, I got Jimmy Butler and Andre Drummond. These are two guys who I really like. Let me try to make, do the best that I can with them. You know, usually I end up with Al Horford. Usually I end up with Kelly Oubre. I'm trying to look through this list of who I usually get. Um, Usually I end up with Justice Winslow. I've actually been taking Derrick Rose a lot as sort of a, you know, hey, what if he ends up being the starting point guard? What if, yeah, what if he's actually going to be one of these, you know, he's in his 30s now. He's no longer going to be a superstar, but he can, what if he's got four years as a stable veteran who provides 18 points and good field goal percentage and okay assists, you know, that I, that's within his range of outcomes. Um, so there are a couple of guys who I really like and have gotten a lot of who I didn't draft. But that was because I was reacting to Drummond, who is a force and is good enough to build your team around. Yeah, and uh, you know, looking at the picks you made around him, we already talked about Jimmy Butler, DeMar DeRozan, also a severe positive in fee- in free throw percent. Jamal Murray, big positive in free throw. Malcolm Brogdon, big positive in free throw. You basically, and then Porzingis is sort of a not a negative in that category. Right. Same with Ennis Cantor. Um, you basically sandwich Drummond around five or six guys that wipe out his negative while also providing some of their own stats as well. So I, I, it, I, I'm not very good at just glancing at a team and seeing what it might be good or bad in, uh, but it does look like your team's going to be pretty good on the defensive categories. Maybe threes? I think I tried to do well in threes. I tried to do well in defense, threes, and depending on how and rebounds. I guess Hachimura rebounds. and Cantor turn out, um, rebounds. Yeah. Alex, thanks a bunch, my man. I think that takes us to the end here. <laughs> thanks for having me. All of a sudden, we just popped up. Um, everybody, when this does air, and I again, I haven't decided on the exact date of everything because I got pod hits flying out of my brain right now. Uh, I'm going to try to remember to get a poll going, but if I don't remember to, someone can do it for me. Was today's rant better or worse than last year's Dennis Smith Jr.? I'm not going to corrupt the results here with my vote. Uh, Alex Rickling, the... Uh, man, it's really good to have you on, man. Senior basketball writer at Roto-Wire, at Rickling on Twitter, R-I-K-L-E-E-N. Um, as I say with everyone... Have I have I ruined this experience for you, or can I get you back? Uh, no, I'd love to be back whenever you can. Ah, it's nice of you to say. I know the re- I know the truth is this was horrible, but we'll uh, we'll that's fine for you to gloss over that. Uh, thank you again, my good man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, thanks for having me. Might as well do the coupon code right in the middle of the podcast today, since oftentimes we wait until the very last moment. Today's coupon code is Alex. I didn't. I was thinking about doing Rickling, but that's. And you guys would actually have to spell something. Alex is the coupon code. A-L-E-X. Very easy. You get three bucks off any product over at hoop-ball.com. That includes the draft guide, the early bird B-150 access, the pro package, the game time premium full season membership, and of course the champions pack. We have five things for sale. And coupon code Alex will get you $3 off of 
any of those items. Big thank you, as always, to our buddies over at mybookie.ag. Please do check them out. If you're going to be following with us here as we place our wagers, and that's coming up. Uh, you know, we've talked about futures betting right now, but we're going to be getting into the actual game stuff uh, right from basically the opening tip. So that's less than three weeks away. Do it with us at mybookie.ag. I would not be telling you guys to join us over there if they weren't the best. They care about us. I keep stressing that. We went through and did it all. We moved our money over here at Hoopball. Put our money where our mouth is. Opened up accounts with promo code TODAY, T-O-D-A-Y. They matched our deposit bonus. They explained how the rollover works. Join now. They will match your deposit as well, up to $1,000. You can play on the NFL while you're waiting for the NBA. They've got parlays. They've got in-game wagers. They've got fantasy wagers you can make on the NFL. They're the best in the business. Where you bet is just as, if not more important, than who you're betting on. Go to mybookie.ag today. Again, promo code is the word today. T-O-D-A-Y. Open up that account. Make the deposit. And then play with us here as we get through our uh, gambling thoughts this season. Play, win, get paid at mybookie.ag. All right, guys, if you need a little energy in your life, I've got the solution. Well, I know, Coach, that folks on my side, what we call ourselves the the full seasonies, we still have a little bit of time left, but you don't. You got a DFS card coming up this week. How about that, man? Let's go. Let's make some money. Also, hello. How are you today? I'm doing great, Dan. How are you, buddy? <laughs> I'm getting along. As I've said on many podcasts, I'm just baseline sleepy, but otherwise everything is A-OK. How's everything going on the DFS side? How's the pod going? How's uh, how's my guy, Apatria? How's, uh, I mean, you guys are really, you're coming down the chute. You've got a the your last, uh, let me make sure I'm getting this right here. You can correct me. You've got your last weekly kind of preseason breakdown show coming out and then is the first dfs card friday it is can you believe that no i can't i know it yes uh so uh today thursday we have um our 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 last show of the preview for the preseason where we're going to go over the the last two divisions the pacific and the southwest so it's Golden State, Clippers, Lakers, Suns, Kings, Dallas, Houston, Memphis, New Orleans, and the Spurs. So we're going to go through all of them and go through how, uh, you know, what's taking place in the offseason regarding trades, player movement, and how it's going to uh, affect DFS uh, directly. So that'll be our final wrap-up show. And then the next day, yeah, Friday, is uh, there's a, a one-game um uh, contest on DraftKings, and then Saturday there's a two-game contest on uh, both DraftKings and um, FanDuel. So there, it's off and running. And then after that, there's four or five preseason games pretty much every day. So we're we've been talking about it with our listeners on every show in this preseason time that that this is a good time to make money. There's three full weeks of preseason, and for those that do their homework and listen in uh, to all of the inside skinny on who's going to play and, you know, what because it's all about minutes. Minutes equal money for preseason especially because, you know, a lot of guys sit. Uh, you know, there's money to be made in these contests, man. We get, get a nice fat bankroll for the start of the season on, on October 22nd. 
Coach is on Twitter, by the way, at Joe Sarvati. Joe, S-A-R-V-A-D-I. I have to admit, you got me kind of excited about DFS, which is not a feeling I'm familiar with because I know people that listen to this show, they know I'm a little bit of a degenerate on the gambling side. The first part of the year is when we use the term, it's a soft line. It's a soft line because nobody knows anything at that point. So if you're prepared, you can bet into a soft line. And you've told me already that DFS is the same way. These prices are all goofed up. They're soft prices. You and Mike have been getting ready for this moment for months. I feel more inclined to just follow you guys blindly in the preseason than I do even in the regular season. Am I crazy? Well, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be said about that. I, you know, again, I, I can tell you for the last four seasons, I've made a, a real strong profit in the preseason and in the first two or three weeks of the regular season until all of the sites adjust pricing. And, you know, only DraftKings and FanDuel offer preseason contests. So the next three weeks will just be those two sites. So they're, again, their pricing is going to be get, getting set up. And then Fantasy Draft, our presenting sponsor, and also Yahoo don't start contests until the beginning of the season, which is three weeks, October 22nd. So they'll take a while to get adjusted. So if hmm. you ride the wave, like you just said, of using you know some of our information that we've been talking about, we've also even had done some pre-pricing guesstimations of what the lines were going to be when they came out, which they're, they are up on DraftKings and FanDuel. And that gives us a big edge. And I'll tell you right now, Dan, and, you know, I guess this is as great a time as any to announce, but we will be doing, uh, if I can do the honors of, of announcing it, is uh, we will be doing a daily DFS hoopball show. Uh, and I'm ecstatic about it. It's going to present be presented by Fantasy Draft, and it will start this Friday oh, with that first contest. How about uh, you know, exciting stuff, man? So this is this is same show feed that people are already following, right? So this will be DFS today, and it's going from weekly to daily. That is exactly wow. right. We're going from we're going to go the, the from roll right into a daily show. You're going Monday uh, to, Monday to Friday. We're going seven days a week. Brother. No, you animal. We are. We're a little bit, a uh, little bit intense on this side, but we're. There's no <laughs> rest when you're trying to make some money. That's true. Games happen on the weekends, and DFS is every single moment of every. Like you got to be Johnny on the spot. That's um, that's incredible, man. Because listen, I know that uh, the listenership of this podcast is a little bit more heavily invested in the season long stuff, but I know at least some of you guys. Our DFSers, you got to check out DFS Today, Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Coach and Mike Apache are hosting this thing. Uh, and apparently, it's going. I thought you guys were going daily starting uh, in like two and a half, three weeks. They're going daily starting at the end of this week. That's madness, That's dude. So, you guys yes. are recording. What's the timeline for this show for people that want to tune in? You guys are putting it out. When, when did the shows come out? How does that relate to lines and stuff like that? Well, the, the cool thing is, you know, we're going to be the first to market with this. So, you know, we're going to do the show in the late evening, the night before. So, you know, we've seen the games from that evening. We've seen how everything's turned out. We're, we're putting that show together and then it'll go out it, uh, first thing in the morning 
the next day. So that if you're on your way to work and you want to listen to that breakdown of games, if you're on your lunch break throughout your day, you can start building your lineups or thinking about it and, and going from there. And then, you know, we have such a great tool with HoopBall with all of our feeds through hoop-ball.com and through Twitter, all our blurbs about any updates that go on throughout the day. Like if somebody gets ruled out uh, or there's a, a restriction of minutes or something that will be followed. And I'll also be available on Twitter, you know, at Joe Sarvati throughout the day for any big news that breaks. But that's what we're most excited about is, we're, you know, you don't have to wait and try to be fighting through traffic or racing to get home to listen to a show that locks in a couple of minutes uh, before the, everything goes live, you'll actually be able to, to listen to the show throughout the day and start thinking it through and building your team. That's stellar. I'm so excited for you guys. You must be so amped up right now, more than usual even. I, you know what? I am, as you can tell. I, I know I've been hitting you with a, a bunch of my... Uh, Bitmojis and all my <laughs> harassment tools to sit, you know, to 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 keep on you. You know how it goes. Yeah, man. I believe. But, um, did you? I wasn't a huge fan of the show, but did you watch the American version of The Office? I did. Yes. So you're yes. W- woofing me or whatever that right? I'm wasn't woofing that? you. Yeah. Yes. I got. That's I got... exactly right, man. I'm, <laughs> I woofed. I'm think... just so glad you're a good sport. I really appreciate it. Oh, but, you know, I, w- I wanted to mention one more thing, too. For I know you have such a fantastic uh, group of listeners, a ton of listeners. And, and don't be, you know, if you haven't done DFS or even if you're not planning on doing DFS, listen into the show because what we're talking about is going to be very key, even though we're focused on DFS, to preparing your lineups, you know, for he- your head-to-head teams, for the lineups you have to lock in per week. You know, we're going to be talking about the, the real d- down deep stuff, coaching tendencies, pace of play, defensive matchups. And so it's it's going to have a direct correlation to help you be successful on all the year long dynasty head to head leagues. And I play all those myself. So, yeah, there'll be you know that there's a place for everybody on our show. No doubt. What's the uh, what's the first game on Friday? Who's playing? It is the Houston Rockets are playing the Clippers. So there you go. That's the first game. Oh boy. All right, yes. give me give me a give me a little tease here. Do we even know who's going to be in the ball game yet? Well, I can tell you this much, you know, right off the bat is Westbrook is not going to play. Okay. So, you know, for anybody that's, you know, doesn't follow it that closely or looking to, you know, throw in a lineup, he's still the second highest priced guard on the board. But he is, he is, they've already said, uh, based on the interview that D'Antoni did yesterday, that uh, he's going to sit out the first two or three games because uh, he had a little procedure on both knees in the offseason and he's fine, but they want to bring him along slow. So, hmm. you know, what's so cool about this, Dan, and I think you'll love this, and, and I want to get you a bankroll so you get in, invested in the DFS side too, is really the pricing in the preseason, like with this game Friday. It's it's really doesn't matter. It's nonsensical because the, the expensive guys like the Westbrooks and those that aren't going to play really eliminate. So you can pick out the guys that are going to get big minutes that are cheap, and this pretty much make any lineup you want that you think's a winning lineup. Not even have to worry about price. So that's really cool. I'll give you one name as a teaser 
since we announced the DFS show. I like uh, Caldwell Pope playing uh, in, a, in a game coming up uh, this weekend. I think Caldwell Pope on the Saturday card, he's trying to fight for position in minutes. And, you know, they're going to give him some extra time based on the interview that I saw uh, with the coach. And I, I think that's a kind of guy at a real cheap price, like he's a 3,700 mark, that could be a, a super high score just based on the, the money, uh, you know, equals minutes deal. Go check out DFS Today, the Hoopball DFS Today podcast. Coach and Mike Apatria, uh, lead hosts. We're going to have, uh, you guys will have some guests, you'll have some co-hosts. It's going to be uh, it's going to be incredible, and apparently you lunatics are going seven days a week starting at the end of this week. Coach, good luck to you. I hope you're not dead at the end of this. <laughs> no, man. This, this, this is like infusing life. The old coach getting uh, the adrenaline. Plus, I got youngster Mike Apatria, who's a shark, man. He's an awesome DFS guy, and he, you know he keeps me on my toes. So we'll, we're excited, man. You know, as you know, this is... We want to make hoopball the one-stop shop for anything to do NBA from A to Z and Z to A, and, and this is a big step. And I want to thank you for all your support and, and help get this off the ground as well, and especially really excited that we're partnering with Fantasy Draft yep. uh, for the whole season. Yep, go get that rake-free DFS over at Fantasy Draft when the games begin in a little under three weeks at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. You can follow him so you can get all those podcasts as they come out. And as you mentioned, at Hootball Fantasy is the other uh, stop for all the breaking news as well. Joe, uh, woof, man, I feel overwhelmed. If you guys, by the way, if you guys don't know Coach, he runs at about 11 all the time. So excited Coach. <laughs> excited Coach is like a 14 and a half out of 10. You're... um. We're going to need to like seal your head so it doesn't pop off your neck during all of this. No, it's it's already oozing out, man. It's ready. <laughs> Gross. It is ready, brother. <laughs> well, and that's I've disgusting. Got a bald head so it just like oozes very slowly. Yeah, that's <laughs> that is de- that is absolutely delightful. That's what I'm going to leave everybody with here. Coach, there you go. There's a picture for you. Can I get you back here uh, once a week just to give us an update on what's going on in the DFS front? I would love to, but I'm still waiting for that l- little intro, you know, Earth, Wind, oh, and yeah. Fire, I do. BG, something, you know. I do need to get you a little Earth, Wind, and Fire. I, everybody. Yeah, just, you know, I, I need something to you know, get get me going, dude. Let's be honest, man. Everybody needs a little Earth, Wind, and Fire in their life. That's right. Yeah. No doubt. Coach. It is September. Or you, no, it's not. It's October. No, it's October, okay. which is good because that's probably my least. That's probably my least favorite of their songs, which is amazing. Don't listen to something else that they did. Everybody out there, don't just listen to the one song you hear at weddings. Uh, <laughs> at Joe Sarvati, coach. We'll talk to you in a week. Thanks, brother. Wrapping up quick here. Thanks to Coach. Thanks to Alex Ricklin. This is another fantastic and also slightly longer than usual <laughs> edition of Fantasy NBA Today. That's just the way it is right now. So you guys are going to have to deal with that. I apologize. You know what? We have a lot of things we need to talk about, and so that's just how it's going to be. Once again, Coach is at Joe Sarvati on Twitter. Alex is at Rick Lean, R-I-K-L-E-E-N on Twitter. Give them each a follow. I am at Dan Bespris. If you want to bug me with questions, I would be happy to answer them. If you want to hit me up about the recruitment process, I would love to chat with you more about that. 
Again, social media, the easiest way to find me post-podcast. I'd love to try to do a thing here where we get more conversations going after the show, but there's so many other things happening right now that, you know, if you want to do that too, awesome. Uh, Tomorrow, we'll wrap up the week here on Fantasy NBA Today. We'll have our final pro of the week. That will be Matt Smith for tomorrow's show from Basketball Monster. Uh, We will also talk to Adrian Benjamins, I believe very briefly, to get some eyes on the ground, and that'll take us through into the weekend. Thanks again for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.